When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. I started in myeloma nearly 25 years ago. And at that time, the average expectation of life in someone with myeloma was maybe one to two years. But even just in this last 10 to 12 years, we have doubled, if not tripled, the average survival of patients. I saw a new patient this week, and we had this conversation that based on what we've done over the last decade, my expectation is that patient's going to live more than 10 years. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. What is going on, Belly Up Sports fam? Mr. Shaka Cummings, Mr. Parker Ainsworth, welcome to F in Sports, the podcast with two teachers, great sports, biggest <laughs> issues. Mr. Ainsworth, I don't even care about you. How are your electric and water doing on this fine <laughs> Sunday afternoon, sir? Oh, you know, a lot of Texas was not very lucky the last uh, week or so since we last recorded. But I will say that we, you know, even other buildings in our complex had power outages and water issues. And we were somehow lucky enough to get by without all that. So we're knocking on wood and thinking upstairs. So no, absolutely. That's awesome. I mean, because I was ready to see the pictures of you at the resort in Mexico. But obviously you didn't. <laughs> uh, we'll save that for another podcast, I guess. Uh, <laughs> incidentally, my family is staying with me. I'm in Kentucky and we got the same weather system. They live in a very rural part of Kentucky. Their water heat, it's like it's still not on so i have uh seven extra people and one extra dog 
So good times, good times. <laughs> like uh, I had to stay in my classroom this week just to get some quiet. We're actually in remote. There were no kids there. I just stayed there for the quiet. Um, <laughs> let's jump into the podcast. Mr. Ainsworth, it is time for a Black History Month. Which black athlete would you like to spotlight, sir? Uh, so I'm going to look at John Amici. John Amici is a black basketball player who is British and played some high school and college basketball in the United States. Finished up at Penn State in 1995. Had a brief year with the Cavs in 95-96. Played some international basketball between 96 and 99. And then is best known as a basketball player probably for his time with the Magic and Jazz between 99 and 03. And as a basketball player, I say because his biggest credit to his name, I guess, would be because he comes out of the closet in February of 07, a couple years after he's done playing basketball and a coordinated both his book is published and his story breaks ESPN outside the lines when he talks about the intersection of, I say intersection but there's really like I think part of the story is how things don't cross over between b- being both black and gay in America and England uh, in the 90s and aughts and just kind of like how that all interacts and how or doesn't interact I guess maybe the better way to say it and then I think that obviously being at the forefront of both of those issues in the 90s and aughts is interesting and he has crazy stories about being a closeted gay man in the NBA as a professional athlete and it's like hyper masculine culture right but some of the stuff he's done since 07 is actually the stuff that I think is worth patting him on the back the most for um he has two different doctorate degrees from Manchester Metropolitan University and the University of East London Yes, I had to look those up because I didn't know what the British school system is. <laughs> they don't have but college he, football teams. They don't play <laughs> University of Texas. So. <laughs> <laughs> right, they're not in the Big 12 or the SEC. <laughs> but he, So he has two different doctorate degrees. He was appointed as an officer of the Order of the British Empire for his chivalry in arts and sciences, it says. Which, again, chivalry is something that I think they value a lot more in England and maybe certain parts of the South. But anyway, so, <laughs> they, so he gets all those honors because he's very involved in his organization that is titled Preventing the Cruelty of Children Foundation. Uh, and he, he is all about, you know, ending of child abuse across the English Isles. And he is a practicing psychologist. Uh, he was on the American airwaves a lot in the last 12 to 14 months uh, as a person analyzing the Black Lives Matter protests and the way that worked with the NBA as a former basketball player and looking at it as a, a labor movement and things like that. He's just an overall very, 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 very sharp guy. And I think that it's worth pointing out that you know, a lot of his impact on the world happens after basketball. And not to say that his almost seven points and almost three rebounds a game and his total of five years in the NBA wasn't valuable, but it's certainly not as valuable as so many of the things he's done since. Shout out to John Amici. I remember being at the National Association of Independent Schools People of Color Conference and actually having the opportunity to ask a question of him as a uh, independent school coach and how I could, as a coach, create an environment of inclusivity. And, I mean, of course, he was incredibly eloquent and intelligent because that's who he is. Shout out to John Amici. The person who I'd like to highlight, Mr. Ainsworth, and I start with this question because I do think that when we ask the question of who's the greatest college football coach of all time, I do think that most people default to a few answers that are kind of mainstream. Like, we look at Nick Saban now, for sure. We look at Bear Bryant. Maybe you throw a guy like Bobby Bowden in there. Uh, that being said, there is a collection of people that will tell you that Eddie Robinson was the greatest college football coach of all time. Eddie Robinson was the coach at Grambling State University from 1941 all the way up until the time that he retired in 1997. Grambling State University doesn't get a ton of press. Uh, it is a historically black college in Louisiana. Uh, incidentally, if you do not watch the Bayou Classic every year, you're missing out. Because <laughs> when Grambling out. plays Southern, you stay for the halftime show. Some years, that's better than the game, guys. Um, but <laughs> Grambling State University 
has put guys into the NFL. The the most high profile, maybe, or at least in my mind, the most high profile being Doug Williams, who's the MVP of a Super Bowl as the black quarterback for the Washington Redskins and who continues to be involved in NBA front offices. And he was one time actually the coach at Grambling State replacing Eddie Robinson. Eddie Robinson went to Leland College. He was a quarterback there, uh, ended up knowing that he wanted to get into coaching, but it was the 19 late 1930s, 1940s, and he didn't know how to get into coaching in the Jim Crow South. So he actually ends up taking a job at like a grain mill, and they were paying him 25 cents an hour. We only make slightly more than that as teachers. <laughs> and uh, so if Eddie Robinson had been in that situation, maybe he doesn't even go pursue coaching, but he pursues coaching. He's able to get the uh, head coaching gig at uh, Louisiana Negro Normal and Industrial Institute, which eventually becomes Grambling State University, in 1941 and literally is there for the next five plus decades, winning well over 400 games. His final record is 408 and 165 and 15. And when you've been coaching for over 50 years, you win 400 games. You know that you know a thing or two about X's and O's, or you had a couple of Jimmy's <laughs> and Joe's at least. So uh, shout out to Eddie Robinson, because I don't know that he always gets the respect for being the great collegiate head coach that he is. And again, incredible. You're also seeing this wave of young African-American high school athletes talking about like the intrigue seems to be there for the HBCUs, whether that's, you know, McCur McCur just went to Howard a year ago as a, you know, obviously college basketball has been very wonky this year, but as a top rated four star prospect, you've got guys like Mikey Williams and stuff that we talked about this, I think in the past on a different theses, but you don't have interest in HBCU athletics if they are not built up by guys like this. No, absolutely. And now we have Deion Sanders as the head coach at Jackson state who obviously pulled in his son, but how many transfers did he get from major universities? And he actually pulled a Juco guy away from Georgia. I think we talked about that. He may have gotten a gold star from one of us actually when he was able to do that. (laughs) So like, I mean, obviously HBCU culture around not only uh, academics, but also athletics. It's, it's a powerful thing. Speaking of powerful things, Mr. Ainsworth, we have a podcast. Uh, it is all about the NBA All-Star Game. So we're going to hit you with a true-false segment where we talk a little bit about the All-Star Game, jump into some multiple-choice questions, and then hit you with a new segment called Honor Roll, which would be a good time. Mr. Ainsworth and I will certainly enjoy it. We just hope that you do as well. Without further ado, Mr. Ainsworth, are you ready to go, sir? Ready when you are, Shaka. Okay, Mr. Ainsworth, it is NBA All-Star Game time. This is one of the best times of the year, normally. It's actually not, (laughs) it's not even normally like this time of the year, right? Like normally it's actually a little bit earlier. It's a little closer to the new year that I feel like we start to have these conversations. And so now we're like pushing March and we're talking All-Star Game because of the shifted NBA season. That being said, we're going to jump in and talk about NBA All-Star Game. We got a few segments, sports SATs kind of. We got a true-false section. We got a multiple-choice section. And then uh, we got an honor-roll section. So if we would, let's jump into this true-false, Mr. Ainsworth, with the obvious question in my mind, at least based on the sentiments that we've heard from NBA athletes. True or false, Mr. Ainsworth, the NBA should not have an All-Star Game this year. True, they should not have a game. I think that said that correctly. What do you think, Mr. Cumming? I think that I am going to go true as well but let me just say that i could easily be talked into false so i'm curious as to i feel like you're stronger on the true side talk to me well so as i look at it first of all i think that there's this idea that the players don't even want to go play right now um, because of how expedited the season is and how 
many games they're playing in a week and those kinds of things. And if the best players like the LeBron James of the world are calling it a slap in the face, quote, per the New York Times, or even a guy like Julius Randle, who's an all-star hopeful, like it's not like he's got a bunch of all-star games under his belt. He's like, I understand both sides. And I just think that, you know, it's a tough decision. And he, like, he won't come out and say like, oh, let's go play. Let's go play. Anyway, I, I think that there or Damian Lillard, right? I think I'm scrolling through this. Uh, Damian Lillard points out like, why are we even having a game? Also, the players that want to go play. And I think that that's important to like keep in mind here is that these guys are now being said, hey, go play for our entertainment in this meaningless game in the middle of a global pandemic in Atlanta, Georgia. I also think it's worth pointing out that that global pandemic happening in Georgia, more people are vaccinated today than were three months ago. And more people are vaccinated today than would have been a month ago when the NFL Pro Bowl would have happened. But during this global pandemic, the NFL, who was so adamant in pushing their season through, you could argue much more recklessly than the NBA was about its bubble or about its current protocols or whatever. The NFL was like, we're not having a meaningless Pro Bowl. Yeah, <laughs> and so, absolutely. Like if the NFL, which again, I would argue was more reckless about having their season, says this is a bad idea. I'm not sure what makes it a better idea to have one in Georgia. <laughs> um, I will say cases are down as opposed to where they were in early January when you would have been making this decision. And so like we may get to March 7th, I believe is the day of the game, and be like, oh no, look, it's fine because they fit everything into one day. And so you're like flying in, playing the game, flying out the next day and whatever. And they're limiting how many people you can bring with you. And yada, yada, yada. I just, I think that the honor is being named an all-star and the all-star game itself is really more about having fun and having extra fun right now feels like too much well and you you hit the nail on the head in my opinion like the reasons why you should do this game because again i'm a little more on the fence like if we were doing our traditional grade and this is going to be a middle of the road grade for me this is probably a c the reason why i'm on the fence is because there are folks who have contractual bonuses tied to being an all-star so you can right. name all-stars without the game. But you do, I, it's important to name folks all-stars. Because if I have a half million dollar bonus in my contract, I want to know. Like, we're not just going right. to skip that bonus for 2021. No, I, I need my money, right? <laughs> right. Um, Chris Carter always said the most, the two most important things in sports are me and my money. And that's right. Um, so <laughs> so um, there's that piece of it. There's also the piece that... You know, Kawhi Leonard was asked about the All-Star game, and his quote was, it is what it is. We all know why we're playing it. It's money on the line, right? We can't ignore that. Like, the fact that we are even having this season is because of the money and the television contracts. And somebody is paying to televise that All-Star game. It's TNT, by the way. But somebody's paying to do that. They're paying for the dunk contest. They're paying for the three-point contest. All these things, right? And... You can't just go to that media partner and say, hey, we're not doing it. Because they'll say, okay, hey, give us our money back. And so that part is difficult, right, to to reconcile. Because the NBA players understand what this is in terms of business, which is why they were able to negotiate and even have a season this year, right? Starts up around Christmas. We know that's going to be condensed. We know that we're going to try to wrap it around our normal time. Why are we doing all this in the first place? Dollars and cents. And if it don't make dollars, it don't make sense. It don't make dollars to not have the all-star game so it wouldn't make sense in the minds of some to not have it but when you read these quotes it's like you said mr angels it's guys who haven't been all-stars before darren fox bbn shout out if i'm <laughs> going to be brutally honest i think it's stupid wow i mean he did not hold back and this is a guy who's not been an all-star you know what right. i mean um he, he's uh, a hopeful absolutely uh, it, it, he, he may not make the game although he might make it on an honor roll later um he may not even <laughs> make the game right uh completely i think it's worth pointing out that 
it's not just the old guys like the Chris Pauls and LeBron James of the world that have been to this a lot, that this is like a fixture in their calendar. It's guys that this could be the first and only All-Star game, right? And it's they're still like, I don't know about this guy. And that that's worth pointing out to me. Absolutely. I, I think it's also worth pointing out that when a guy like Giannis says, we got to follow the big dog, and LeBron says he has zero energy, so then Giannis is like, well, if he says he has zero excitement, zero energy, I'm the same way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. So it matters that it doesn't feel like the players were necessarily as included in this particular decision as maybe they have been in some other decisions. Although it's weird because, like, the quote that I read from Chris Paul, who's the president of the uh, Players Association in the NBA, right? He's like, guys are entitled to their feelings and and decisions and everything. I think the job for the union has been to try to make sure our players are healthy and safe. This is something that was a decision by the league. We are definitely day in, day out trying to figure it out. We've got 450 players we're always trying to get insight from. It's tough. That doesn't sound to me like he doesn't want to play. It sounds to me like, listen, there's a lot of different perspectives on this thing. And I am one man trying to represent all of you. But with all these varying perspectives, it's incredibly difficult to come to any sort of real consensus. But we are going to have the game. So the next true-false question, Mr. Ainsworth, with the questions around the appropriateness of the NBA All-Star game this year, we should not add to it with the three-point contest, the dunk contest, and the skills competition. True or false, Mr. Ainsworth, that we should not have these other ancillary pieces. So I'm going to also say true, we should not have those although i will say i could get talked into this a lot more than the game because of the way they've got the schedule right now so, so before i go too far and like go on a 10 minute diatribe about it what do you think was coming <laughs> um i think i'm gonna go false here and that's because i was really hit or miss with whether or not we should have the game anyway so i think i'm gonna go false i'll provide some perspectives later but i'm curious mr ainsworth because um you went true later i'm gonna try to talk you <laughs> into my side but talk to me about why why you lean true versus false that we shouldn't have these things. So my, my deal on it's about gathering groups of people, right? And so traditionally, the three-point contest and dunk contest and skills competitions are not like chock full of guys that are in the all-star game. And so to me, it's like, why are we bringing in more people to this thing? Um, because if like only two of your people in a three-point contest and only if one of your people in the dunk contest and if only like one or two of your people in the skills competition would otherwise be at the all-star game and we're calling that a sunk cost, why are we adding people to it, right? I will say that the way they've currently got it organized where it's all happening in the same day with the skills and three-point happening before the game and the dunk contest happening at halftime of the game, while I question how a guy like Jalen Brown could get to be in the dunk contest and the all-star game, and that may be a later topic, but I will say that... (laughs) If this were a more traditional thesis for the way we do the show, I would probably give it more of a middle grade than a tra- straight failing grade because of that. Uh, I, I just I think that it's just adding too many people. So we have both been teachers during this time of global pandemic. And how many lessons have we learned, Mr. Ainsworth, about managing our class that we are very likely going to take beyond this time of global pandemic? I would say probably lots. And so I, I start with that to say... I remember back in the time of like true quarantine, when there were no games, that the NBA did this whole horse competition through ESPN, and it was all done remotely. And there's a part Mm -hmm. of me that's like, if you were able to make something like that happen, why didn't the NBA consider like doing 
you know, three-point competitions leading up to the All-Star game to try to drive interest in it, where guys are doing this, like, in their home stadiums at halftime. You have an NBA official there to keep time, you know what I mean? And then Mm -hmm. you only bring the finalists to the All-Star game and maybe have all the finals at halftime. You know what I mean? Like, there's there were ways to maybe do this in a remote fashion that maybe felt like you were being more respectful of players' opinions and maybe player safety and... And maybe the players could have gotten behind something like that. And there's also all the publicity that comes into leading up to the All-Star game and maybe doing something a little bit different. I say all that to say Adam Silver, I don't know if he didn't consider this stuff or not. He should have. That being said, if we're going to do the game, all of this is a part of the game. Like, why have this game without the dunk contest and the three-point contest and the skills competition? It feels like if you're going to not do those things, then just don't do the game at all. Once you say that you're committing to doing the game, in a fashion that is as traditional as what we're doing, right? Where we're bringing players all to one city. You guys are all going to play against each other. Once you decide that you're going to do that anyway, then it feels like, well, do it the right way then. Because you've already made the decision to go all in with it against a lot of player sentiment, against what maybe seems like common sense in some ways against appropriate optics even right let's just hope this thing isn't some sort of super spreader as folks are starting to actually see some numbers drop with regard to corona right so for me it's like if you're going to do it then do it right and you already decided you were going to do it so the big question to me was should we do it but once we're going to do it then we're all in essentially did i talk you into maybe changing your grade mr Ator? no again i'd probably be like a <laughs> grade, I, still, I still give it a fall, uh, i guess a true that they should not have it again the, the wording there i gotta make sure i say it correctly but <laughs> no worries so i'm the teacher who did not teach you anything okay awesome good <laughs> our final true false question mr angel with the recognition we're doing the game we're doing all of the skills competition three-point contest dunk contest we know we're doing that right so let's talk about the all-star starters and let's talk about the big controversy with the all-star starters true or false damian lillard deserve to start in this all-star game over Luka Doncic. What do you say, Mr. Ainsworth? Uh, I look at the word deserved and I give it a true. And I'm sure that'll be the crux of any disagreement we have in a second. But I give it a true. What you think, Mitch Cummings? I'm going to go false. But let me say, if Dame started and we were asking this question the other way, I would still go false. So is that weird? <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's... So for those of you that are tuning in, are like, what are they talking about? The all-star starters got named officially last week and Luka Doncic won the fan vote which is 50% or the second spot of the guard spots as the fan vote from 50% he got two and then Dame Lillard got second in the media and players vote for the all-star game he got two in both of those worth noting that the other got like Luka got third in both those and Dame got third in the other one and so they had a direct tie and as far as their scoring goes to make the game, and the tiebreaker is who wins the fan. And so that means Luka gets going the game. And so it's not like we're just picking two players at random, or one of us hates Luka Doncic or anything, as, even though I'm not a big Mavs guy. Luka's a lot of fun to watch, right? And uh, let me just say, even though I've talked about Luka bad, I still think he's going to be one of the best players in the league over the next three years. I love Luka. Well, and so I think that what's interesting here is that the fans chose Luka, and the fan vote was the tiebreaker. And it seems like anywhere you look for NBA discussions everyone's upset he's starting and i'm like then why as a collective fan group did we pick him to start the game i so i think it's worth pointing out that especially in the absence of nurkic and uh, cj mccollum Damian lillard still has the blazers top four in the west he is putting up 30 points a game 7.9 rebounds four and a half or sorry 7.9 assists four and a half rebounds which luca had a triple double at one point this year he's 
brought it back down into the uh, 29, I think it's 29, 9, and 7 range, or 29, 9, and 8 range, and uh, much less efficient shooting if you want to look at the percentages. But I think the crux of this comes down to they're both the face of their current franchises. You look at the two franchises, Luca has added Porzingis, and he's gotten healthier as the year has gone on, and Damian Lillard's team has gotten less healthy as the year has gone on, and the Blazers are at least meeting, if not exceeding, your expectations in the preseason of them, and the Mavs across the board are not meeting your expectations, right? And so as I look at that, I'm like, well, if their stats are relatively speaking similar, I expect the taller... He's listed as a guard in the All-Star bout, but he's really like a 6'7 forward type if you watch the Mavs play because they play two other smaller guys next to him. Like, yeah, he's going to have more rebounds. He's also standing close to the basket on defense because of who's guard and things like that. Outside of that, they really are very similar statistically, and Dame shoots better, and his team is doing better, and I just think that this is a year that Dame Lillard is an all-star starter. It's also worth pointing out that Luka has a lot more of these to play in. How many more times does Dame Lillard have this shot? And again, I think that if media and players picked him, I, I tend to think that they know a lot more about it than guys on Twitter. I saw someone on Twitter ask if Zach Levine was the best shooting guard the Bulls had ever had the other day. It's like, no, they had a guy who drank not. I don't think we should necessarily leave that up to them. Not for real. Wasn't even Bob Love a shooting guard for them? Like, <laughs> like come on. Anyway. So, anyway, what I'm getting at, and I've, I've talked for a long time about it, and you disagree with me, so I want to hear what you have to say, but I think that it should be loaded for the year he's having, and I think that's worth pointing out that the fact that the Mavs have underperformed has to fall somewhere on someone. Uh, to paraphrase the comedic genius that is Eddie Murphy in Coming to America. If the fans want to see Luca, then I want to see Luca. Like, that's it. <laughs> right? I mean, listen, it came down to the fan vote. The fans said they want to see Luca. Now, if the fans said they wanted to see Dame, then okay, then we could have Dame. Like, I guess if we're we're looking at the statistics, Luca is darn near a triple double. Dame is only averaging a, a lot what a percentage more points than like th- what this is is we only have five spots, we only have two guards, and we got three guys who probably deserve to be starting. And so I don't know what to do about that. We can't have three. We can't have three. Sorry, I don't well, know what to tell you. Like, um, if the tiebreaker is do a freestyle then dame would be starting but it's not right like it's it's the fan vote you know an incredible tiebreaker <laughs> well <laughs> let me just say that if dame lost that done like forget it stop putting out records so here's i'm not gonna dive too deep into the conspiracy theory woods here but luka Doncic was listed as a forward his rookie season and did not make the game right like didn't not only did not make the starter but did not make the game as a rookie and last year got moved to a guard and ended up starting. And this year is also a guard and ended up starting. Now, I you've watched Luca play. I've watched Luca play. I don't know that he's doing anything differently as far as what his like role is in his second and third year as his first year. And all three years he brought the ball up. And all three years he ran the offense. And all three years he led the break. He's just been listed as something technically different. Should this just be a piece of evidence that like you're saying about like guard spots versus forward spots? Like... Should we just jump the position thing altogether? We should have jumped the position thing years back. We should have jumped the position thing when you couldn't decide between Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett, and so, oh, put Tim Duncan at center now. Like, there's been plenty of opportunity to junk positions with regard to the All-Star game. We don't do it. For some reason, people don't do it. So, like, if we're not going to do it, then we're not going to do it. And that's fine. And listen, I am someone who's of the mindset that Damian Lillard will be shorted in terms of how many times he should have made all-star teams because he's a guard in the West. There were years where 
They just took so many guards, and Dame Lillard was all-star worthy, but played in the West. This year's with the man averaged 25 points a game, didn't make the all-star team, right? So I, I, I feel bad for Dame, because it feels like this happens to Dame more than a maybe lot. any player in NBA history in terms of a dude who deserves something with regard to all-star and doesn't get it. I can't help it that Luka is an international superstar and people are voting for him in countries all over the world. Again, Dane, put your album out. Maybe you'll be an international superstar. Like, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Okay, Parker. So the thesis statement for this commercial is James Harden has the best beard in sports. What do you think about that thesis statement? Oh, I give it an A. You know, as a Houston guy, we, we seem to have an affinity for our beers between guys like him, Dallas Keiko, lots of big beards in the Houston area. What do you think about the thesis? So I'm a Jets fan, and I absolutely love the beard that Ryan Fitzpatrick has. So maybe I would give Ryan Fitzpatrick the nod over James Harden. But you're talking to a couple of bearded teachers, and we know a thing or two about making sure that you maintain that mane. So check out the beard struggle. The beard struggle, they make oils, they make balms, they even have have this heated comb to make sure that you get your beard straight so that you're looking fresh i know i've really enjoyed using the oil they make for my quarantine beard of sorts it's nice and long these days it'll <laughs> keep it nice and healthy and hydrated and if you're listening to our show you can use fn sports 15 and get 15 percent off your oils your balms or shampoos conditioners whatever you need to use to keep your beard looking healthy absolutely check out the beard struggle at thebeardstruggle.com whether you're just starting to grow or you have a luscious mane already the beard struggle's got all the products that you need the beard struggle feast your face okay mr ains we're time for all-star multiple choice we're just progressing through these sats <laughs> <laughs> mr Ainsworth, let's start with our first all-star game multiple choice question who should decide on NBA All-Star Game participants, is it A, the fans, B, the media, C, the players, or D, the coaches? It's interesting. We did not put an E something else. Like, I don't even know who else would. But anyway, um, what do you think, Mr. Ainsworth? Right. So this may be my controversial take, but what I'll get at is, anyway, so I'm going to say C, the players, and then we'll talk more in a second. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure you're going to disagree with me and say something else. Yeah, I'm not going to say the players. Um, <laughs> I don't. The players aren't objective. The closest that you can get to objectivity is the media. The problem is that I remember Hall of Fames where, like, baseball Hall of Fame voting, where people didn't vote for Nolan Ryan because someone didn't vote for Bob Walk or something ridiculous. So right. then it's like, I don't. Can I trust them? I feel like the media is probably the most objective informed. So I'm going to go B, but I also understand that there is problems with that. Why players, Mr. Ainsworth? So I go with players because I think that all four options are going to be some level of bias, right? Like, like I, I just look at all four options and say, like, listen, there's no way to get one of these to be clean. I could sit here and talk about how, like, we just mentioned in our last segment, Luca versus Dame and how it comes down to the fan vote and this, then the other. The truth is, is that fans have loved Luca since he came over for a handful of reasons that's not this thesis and those kind of things but Luca's been a fan favorite for a long time right he got a lot of votes then and it's not just because he's getting votes from Slovenia I also look at the media and so you're saying like 
media will then black out guys that like don't necessarily follow the rules here, right like <laughs> would it, Kyrie it, have made the all-star game if it was up to the media <laughs> that's what right. you're saying like would Draymond ever make it you know what I mean well, Dennis and, Rodman back in the day and that's not to say that they shouldn't you know treat individual media members better or whatever maybe necessarily like I, I'm sure you can draw <laughs> times that that's happened but can you tell that the, we're now in the media when you say that <laughs> <laughs> what, what I will say though is that like that again comes down to a bias and I guess if I'm going to pick some bias I want the bias of the folks that have to cover these guys every day. Now, I know that I'm doing, and I, I got a reason I want to get to that, and I know that I want to admit the fault in picking the players is that a bunch of players, and Mark Stein did a like, little bit of this for the New York Times, but broke down like how many players got one or two votes that it's anonymous voting, so you can't tell, but like, you know Caruso voted for himself. Now, Caruso got a lot of fan votes, too, <laughs> and there's something very similar between Caruso and Luca that we'll leave at that. But there, there are a lot of players getting single votes in the in the NBA player votes, and it's clear that they're voting for themselves. Like, I'm having a great year. Why not? Hey, before you um, jump too deep into any other reasoning, I just want to jump on that piece, because for me, that's the biggest piece. Or players can vote for themselves is the biggest piece as to why I don't think players can vote, because when... There is too much of a conflict of interest when there are dollars tied to all-star bonuses and contracts. Like, you can't, in my opinion, you have to remove that piece then from player contracts. And I don't know, like, with the Players Association, like, I'm not sure exactly how all of that starts to work. But if I can vote for myself, and it's going to impact whether or not I get a $200,000 bonus at the end of the year... You're darn right I'm voting for myself if I'm Alex Caruso or if I'm any guy, right? Like, you can't blame the players for that then. And so that's actually kind of leading me to why I don't want to say fans. I think there's two ways this all-star thing can go to where it becomes entirely fan-run, in which case I say, let's have 100% fan voting and whatever. It's all for entertainment, right? If we're going to go down that path, you have to then take all-star game appearances out of contract incentives. We have to stop using it as a reference when we're talking about Hall of Fame guys later in their career. Like, when you talk about a 18-time all-star LeBron James or whatever it may be, even, you know, he's not retiring anytime soon, doesn't look like, but whatever it may be, right? You list how many times they were an all-star as part of their accolades. Well, if the fans have all of the say in this... The fans are just picking the later Hall of Fame accolades, and the fans are picking who gets the contract incentives. And if we're going to make it this fanfare where it's all about what the fans want because it's entertaining, that is certainly one way to do an All-Star game. We just need to remove it from the other thing. I mean, listen, I agree with that sentiment, but let me ask, I mean, what's the least of all the evils here? So, like, if what you have are uninformed fans who might put someone into an All-Star game, and now all of a sudden bonuses are being impacted, okay— uh, players voting for themselves that's that's a conflict of interest if you start talking about bonuses um and i don't know that coaches watch enough of other teams to say oh this guy's an all-star like what happens if you're a coach in the west and you haven't played the knicks yet you haven't even seen julius randall how do you get to decide right. who makes the eastern all-stars you know what i mean now all of these have faults that being said Media covers the teams, media watches games, media is in the arenas. So pick a select group of media, give them the criteria, say that they're deciding. You can even make that group of media anonymous if you want to, to make sure that uh, players don't know who it is so that, you know, LeBron James doesn't right. like try to punch someone in the face or something. But I mean, like, you know what? LeBron James would never try to punch anyone in the face. Shout out to him. Uh, Matt Barnes would have, though. Jamie, that's what I'm saying. Right, <laughs> right in the junk. Um, maybe you do something to that effect. I don't know. It feels like all of these are so flawed that you just have to pick the least of the evils. And I think that some sort of a 
uh, silent ballot amongst 50 media members might be the best way to go if the media would be willing to do it. I don't know. This is this I is think a tough it's one. worth worth mentioning that it used to be the fans had 100 percent say in the starters and we legitimately were a couple of thousand votes, which on the internet is not a lot, away from having Zaza Pachulia start in the 2016 All-Star game, and the NBA had to go in and change the formula for how we pick starters. So you like, want to talk like about the, like Russian bot hacking? Like, <laughs> you can right, get well, Zaza in the All-Star game. <laughs> <laughs> like, Zaza's a fun starter. That was a good team, but like that that almost presented big problems. When you say Zaza's a fun starter, like, let's not play around. No, he would not have been... Let's move on to the next multiple choice question, Mr. Ainsworth. Um, The best part of the NBA All-Star game. Is it the game itself? A. B. The dunk contest. C. The three-point contest. Or D. The skills competition. What's the best part of the game to you, Mr. Ainsworth? So I think the interesting thing here is going to be coming down to what people remember as a kid having watched the game. Because I'm going to say the game itself. I'm interested to hear what you say, and then frankly, I'd want to hear ask someone 10 years older than yourself, and then when I ask someone 10 years older than them, and kind of hear what all they had to say, but I'm going to say A, the game itself. Someone who's like 20 years older than me is in the ground at this point. Um, <laughs> so, you know what's funny is that this is another one where it's like we didn't put E, but like if we had E and it was like the last four minutes of a close all-star game, like that would be the right answer. But if I'm going to look at this, what am I most entertained by? I honestly am still most entertained by the dunk contest. I'm probably going to say B, but I understand why most folks will probably say A. Like, I'm feeling like I would be on an island. No man is an island complete and unto himself, except when you pick B as this answer. So, (laughs) Mr. Hazelworth, why'd you pick the game? Um, I think I picked the game because there are elements of the game every year that feel like a dunk contest. There is it weird that I game. have to ask you why you picked the game for the game? Like, it's like, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> there are elements of the game every year that feel like a three-point contest now, too, right? And there are elements of the game that feels like showing off skills, like you're throwing off fun passes and stuff like that. And I think the other part of this for me is that those other competitions, as I said earlier, have kind of turned into non-all-stars competing for things right like lebron james was never in a dunk contest but i know he's one of the best game dunkers we have remember the year that he said he was going to be in it and then went back on it i'm still mad about that i'm still one like as steph curry ascended to all-star regular and stardom he stops doing the three-point contest, right? Like, that doesn't mean he's any worse at shooting. (laughs) And so I I think that's why I lean on the game right now, whereas that has not always been the case. And so that's why I was asking about, like, I wonder if you went back and asked older folks that have different all-star memories, because some of my dunk contests, like, I remember the spinning wheel of choosing the dunk for you, and, like, that was not a great experiment. (laughs) There are people that their memory from that age watching the all-star game is neek jordan and like that's a whole different dunk contest right oh yeah absolutely or um when larry nance essentially just takes like you've seen the meme where it's like he looks like an alien he's so high in the air like he's going back to his people or whatever you know i think that a big part of what you said is like what do you remember but i i do think that it's what do you remember from when you were a kid like when you when this was something that you genuinely loved and you were passionate about you really look forward to like uh, cause right now, don't get me wrong, it's not like I don't look forward to the All-Star game. It's just that you, no one loves anything like they loved it when they were a kid. So for right. me, it was like, I love the mascot dunk contest. I love seeing Jordan get out there. <laughs> I love, I never was one of the people who was against having non-All-Stars participate in this thing. Because for me, sometimes that's the star of the weekend. Like, Harold Miner was the star of the weekend winning a dunk contest for me. Isaiah Ryder put the ball between his legs? what he was the star of the week i didn't care what happened i don't even know what happened in that game you could ask me hey who won the all-star game and give me a year i don't know but if you ask me hey 
How many times does Nate Robinson want to dunk? I know he's won more dunk contests than any. Like, I remember these things because for me, those, even though Nate Robinson was never an all-star, like, that made him the star of the weekend. The year that he put on the green Knicks right. jersey and jumped, uh, Dwight Howard let him jump over him because Dwight Howard was Superman and so Nate Robinson was kryptonite. Like, that was awesome. Like, these are the things I remember. I remember Blake Griffin jumping over Kia. I know he had a Kia sponsorship after. I don't care. Like, get, get that man his money. He jumped over a car. Like, Vince well, Carter. It's over. It's, it's over. over. Well, and there's, like, the weekend that Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon oh had the dunk God. contest. The best dunk contest ever. Right. Well, yeah, sure. But the deal there is that, remember, like, we're still arguing today, should Zach Levine be an all-star? Like, he doesn't get that weekend if it's just about the stars. Again, it's just about what you remember as kids. And when I was a kid, that the dunk contest was kind of in a lull, and the three-point contest was kind of in a lull. And I remember the game being fun. Well, there you go. So there we go. That's why we probably disagree. Incidentally, did we not do a thesis on who was the better dunker that year? Like, I feel like we argued whether or not Zach Levine deserved <laughs> it over Aaron Gordon. Anyway. Final multiple choice question, Mr. Ainsworth. little controversy here. Who is the least deserving all-star game starter this year is it a Luka Doncic b Kyrie Irving c Giannis Antetokounmpo or d Nikola Jokic how are you gonna go with that Mr. Ainsworth so I know I just said that I should be Dame over Luka but in this instance when I have other options and Dame is obviously not as I can't pick just Dame or Luka I'm gonna go with b Kyrie Irving what do you think Mr. Cummings what do you mean what do I think who do you think I'm going with Mr. Ainsworth Kyrie you know I'm going with Kyrie. Man, please. Uh, well, uh, the real question is, uh, why are you going with You're the Kyrie apologist on this show. I shouldn't say I, apologist. You're more the defender of Kyrie. He is a person that takes very important care of his mental health. And while he maybe reads too many conspiracy theories on the internet, I, I think that that's worth advocating for. I think my thing on choosing him as not an all-star out of those four guys is I think there's a really strong argument that he's currently the third best guy on his own team and I'm not sure that that makes him one of the five best guys in the east as far as starting the all-star game I call me a homer but his backcourt teammate is better than him and his backcourt teammate was in the east for only half of the voting period and thus has only received however many votes as an eastern conference starter and so didn't get to start and I, I would I would sit Kyrie Irving but you are always dogging Kyrie, so there should be no surprise. <laughs> you know why I'm always dogging Kyrie? Because I'm on Basketball Reference right now, and they have his name. You know how under the name they put the nicknames? His nicknames are <laughs> Uncle Drew, Ankle Tanker, Kai, and then World Be Flat. That's why I'm always dogging <laughs> Kyrie Irving. Um, anyway, so for me, I think that why I go with... Kyrie is a similar sentiment to why you go with Kyrie. I'm also of the mindset that, is it weird that I just want to see new blood, like, in the Austin? Like, is it weird that for me, I look at this and I'm like, couldn't we get someone else? And I don't know that Harden is necessarily the right guy either, obviously, because he's really only played half the year in the East. But I could see Trey Young in that game starting, like, for me, if you were to say Trey Young's in this game, based on how Atlanta has performed over expectations, based on his numbers, I can see Trey Young as an all-star starter. So uh, one of the things I hate with this stuff is when people will say, oh, someone got snubbed and then they don't want to tell you who you got to take like off. Okay, no, I'm going to put Trey Young on and yeah. I'm going to take <laughs> off Kyrie. But yeah. let me say this. Um, I'm curious because like I'm looking at the other guys who we've chosen. How, do you feel like there's controversy with all of these folks? Because I don't know that I feel like all these folks are necessarily controversial. I think it's interesting because they each present 
different issues. So as I look at like like Giannis, I think it's just you could argue underperformed this year. The the Bucks are still in the playoff picture where they ought to be, and they you know obviously have big expectations after the regular season's over, and so you could argue that they may be coasting. But if you look at Luka and Jokic, that's two guys that have great individual numbers. You could argue Jokic is putting up MVP type of numbers on teams that are underperforming. And I think it's interesting that we're doing that, but we're not pulling up Kawhi Leonard off the list, who I would argue is having a very similar season Hmm. to Jokic, because to me, they're both having great individual numbers. They're both clearly all-star guys, and they're both clearly playing great for teams that are, we'll say, underperforming, because while the Clippers aren't as low in the playoff picture as the Nuggets are, they're certainly not, you'd argue, they're one of the best teams in the conference, and they're sitting a little further down, and frankly, I think we're all surprised that the Jazz sink at the top of the Western Conference, as opposed to the Clippers, right? And, and so that's why I would think that if you're going to have Luka and Jokic, I would be like, huh, why isn't Kawhi in there instead of Giannis, or whatever, but that would be my take on it. You seem to be intrigued by it, too. No, absolutely, because when you say to me, hey, maybe Kawhi needs to be on this, it's like, oh, well, I haven't even considered maybe that perspective right for me there's just certain guys and when you say nba all-star Kawhi leonard is a top five guy in the league of course he's an all-star but when you start to bring it into this perspective of how teams have performed and maybe this guy's underperforming the clippers definitely haven't you they haven't hit the ground running the way that maybe we expected and i don't even know i feel like the clipper love is even dissipated since their performance in the playoffs in the bubble, it's almost like Denver beating them in the second round just deflated the Clipper bubble for everyone, which is a scary thing come playoff time because now all of a sudden maybe they have decreased expectations, but it's the same kind of team that was one of the favorites to win the title last year. So how does that look? Yeah, I mean, Jokic, if his team was performing as well in the regular season as they were last year, We'd be talking a lot more about that man in terms of leading MVP conversation. Okay, Mr. Ainsworth, final segment as we break down the NBA All-Star Game. And we're going to do a segment called Honor Roll. Here's how Honor Roll works, friends. Mr. Ainsworth and I are recording on a Sunday. The All-Star Game reserves have not been announced yet. So we'll help the NBA out with teachers. This is what we do. We're helpful. So we are going to go ahead and we're going to pick five NBA All-Star Reserves. Now, here's the deal. We are picking the most deserving All-Star Reserves. Because the actual process, like, the coaches will pick All-Star Reserves on February 23rd for each of the conferences. We'll, they'll have seven players total, uh, two guards per conference, three uh, front court guys per conference and then two kind of wild cards and they can pick who they want, right? So we know that that's coming. This is better. So, Mr. Hainsworth, <laughs> the rules with the honor roll. We will do a snake draft in which we will each pick five players to be named to the all-star teams. No repeats. So once you pick a player, I can't pick them. Conference doesn't matter. So we're not worried about Eastern Conference versus Western Conference. So if you want to pick all Eastern Conference guys for Strange Worth, and I pick a few, we could probably do this whole seven for them. Um, so uh, that's what will be. The draft order will start with me. Then Parker will get picks two and three. I will get picks four and five. Parker will get picks six and seven. I will get picks eight and nine. Parker will get the final pick. And good luck. I don't know. Uh, let's see how this works out. Mr. Ainsworth, it is time for Honor Roll. I am now looking at 
the NBA voting. I am looking at statistics. I'm trying to pick the most deserving all-star who is not a starter. Now, we know that uh, LeBron and KD are the captains. Uh, in the West, we got Luka, Steph, LeBron, Kawhi, and Nikola Jokic. So those guys are all out. Then in the East, we got Kyrie. We got Bradley Bill. We got uh, Kevin Durant. We got Joel Embiid, and we got Giannis Antetokounmpo. So those guys are all out. Now we have to pick the most deserving all-star who's left with the first pick. I'm going to go Dame Dollar because we just talked about him. So I'm going to go Damian <laughs> Lillard, first pick in the snake draft. Damian Lillard, there are three players who are averaging 30 points per game this season, Mr. Ainsworth. Two of them are all-star starters, and the other one's Dame Lillard. So I'm feeling really confident <laughs> in going with Dame Lillard. Putting up 30 points per game, almost eight assists per game. Like, Dame Lillard is not much taller than me and still getting darn near five boards a game, getting a steal as well. So Dame Lillard, obviously has the statistics to say that he is an all-star. He is the first pick in our snake draft. Uh, Mr. Ainsworth, you now get picks two and three. Oh, uh, he's not much taller, but I will say he's a little quicker these days. <laughs> so what? I have one clarifying question, though, before I get into picks two and three. Can I ask that clarifying question? No. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony Davis has been ruled out for the next month of play, and so Ooh. he won't be playing in the game even if he's picked. Now, I think that he would very naturally come in right here at this two spot in our draft. I will say, though, I feel silly wasting my pick on a guy that may get named to the game but won't play in the game. So is it fair if we don't use Anthony Davis? Um, you know what? That is fair. So that what we will say is that we will pick folks who we anticipate will play in the game, at least based on health. So there's a recognition Current, that Anthony yeah. Davis is probably deserving, but we're going to go ahead and pass because we want dudes who are going to play. Fair well, enough. And, and current health, because like my next pick could very much like get, I don't know, turf toe on hardwood floor. But like, <laughs> I, just, I just missed the game, right? And so I'm going to go, oh, this is interesting. I'm gonna yeah, go Dame was the of, obvious number one. <laughs> Dame was the obvious number one. And so I'd argue that Davis, if he were healthy, would be the obvious number two. Frankly, if Davis had played if Davis had played the last couple of weeks, he might have edged out in the voting a little bit because he wasn't that yeah, far absolutely. behind Kawhi Leonard at the third front court spot for the West. But anyway, that's not here or there. What I will say is I'm gonna go a little bit off the beaten path here. I think my next pick is going to be well, my, I'm, <laughs> I say that because I'm going in the reverse order of voting, so maybe it's not that far as beaten path. I'm going to go Zach Levine at two and James Harden three. So Zach Levine having a career year, and I'd argue that as someone who is just 25 years old, fairly young guy himself, and feels stuck in Chicago, and <laughs> we can do a later thesis on what Chicago's doing. Listen, but. with this weather, he's not the only person stuck in Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> but he is pointing up 28.9 points per game, five assists, five and a half rebounds getting a steal every night too I, I think it's worth pointing out that as the focal point of that offense whether you know marketing's been in and out of the lineup some they got a lot of bigs kind of clogging up the lane which kind of is counterintuitive the way you think of Levine scoring is his high flying slasher i, I just I, i'm very impressed by what he's done this year whether it's you know heat of the moment i just saw him play well on friday night against philly on national television or whatever it may be I, I'm a big Zach Levine guy this year. I think he needs to be in the game. And frankly, I'd argue he should have been in the game a year ago. So I'm happy to put him in <laughs> this year with my number two pick. My number three pick, I am going James Harden. And I know that six weeks ago, this would have made me a big old-fashioned homer. I'd argue six weeks ago, he probably makes it in the West if he is playing at the level he's playing now. His overall stats are dinged currently because, you know, anyone who's watching 
his last two weeks in Houston, he was very much like crossing half court and passing ball and then disinterested in playing. He was trying to force his way out. However, since going to Brooklyn, he's ever, he has led the offense as the point guard, especially in games where you're seeing Durant not available through COVID protocols or his hamstring, I think is the issue right now. He is taking over games for the Brooklyn Nets. He also gets a lot of dings from a YouTube clip of his defense back in 2015. He is not the same defender he was back then. <laughs> and that's not to say that he's going to be on your all-defensive ballot, but this is not an all-defensive ballot. This is an all-star game. <laughs> and I think he's playing at an all-star level, and I wonder if he'd been on the Nets the whole season. Like, Had he gotten traded back when Houston traded Russell Westbrook, would he be on the starters anyway? And so I'm going to pick him with my third overall pick. It is no surprise that you picked James Harden. But let me say this. Harden is as deserving as any player in the league. And I, I would hate for him to be dinged because he got traded and not be in this game. Although I get the sense, at least based on conversations from uh, an earlier uh, segment that he probably doesn't even want to play in this thing. He probably would take the rest. <laughs> Just a, a quick recap that the first pick by me was Dame Lillard. Then Parker decided to go with Zach Levine second, went with James Harden third. And so now it's on Shaka. And Shaka, uh, with this pick, so I am conflicted because I basically have three guys that I think are deserving. You know, I'm going to default to the dude on the best team who's not in this game yet in terms of an incredible season. I'm going Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell, spider. And let me just say, I went to the University of Kentucky. For me to pick a Louisville guy, you know how much I respect Donovan Mitchell. But how much love do we have to give to Utah for having the best record in the league? They were 24-6 and and no one saw this coming, right? And he's the catalyst, in my opinion, for the things that Utah are able to do this year. And... Oh, by the way, it's not like he's some slouch. Donovan Mitchell, (laughs) 24.6 points per game, giving you five assists per game, giving you nearly a steal a game, giving you four and a half boards per game. And it is obvious with the way that Utah plays, because really it's an unselfish brand of basketball with a lot of ball movement. You need a guy like Donovan Mitchell who he can go off in any game. So game plan wise, you have to do something to affect him because he's clearly the best player. But when you have as much talent as you do on the floor for Utah, including the surprises, a kid like Jordan Clarkson's having a great year, right? So including some of those other pieces, it goes, in my opinion, as well as it goes because of Donovan Mitchell. And so I'm going to take Donovan Mitchell at four, which then brings me to five. Where, again, I'm conflicted. You know, I'm going to go with my head instead of my heart. And I'm going to go Jace. I'm going to go uh, Trey Young, actually. I'm going to go Trey Young. 26.6 points per game. Atlanta, I mean, listen, they've fallen off here recently. So I, I fully recognize that. I keep saying, I expected Atlanta to win like two games this year. So the fact that they're doing anything better than that. Lloyd Pierce is an incredible coach. He doesn't get enough credit because people don't know who he is because he's out in Atlanta. But Trey Young, <laughs> uh, 26.6 points per game, over nine assists per game. Darnier leading the league in assists per game, right? He's he's right there with Luka. Um, and he's another guy. He'll hit you with a triple-double and you don't even expect it. And he's what? He's barely six feet tall. So Trey Young is the the ball handler facilitator. He makes everything go with the Hawks. You have to do something to affect him. And 
I know that uh, Mr. Ainsworth loves seeing the evolution of the game with shooters really not being scared to kind of just pull up from anywhere and then making defenses have to really guard you for the entire length of the court. I don't know that there's a better example of a player who forces you to do that than Trey Young. Now, he, he doesn't play any defense, but um, he, <laughs> his defense, <laughs> there you go. But his defense is that he's going to hit you for 40 anyway, right? Like that's his defense. Right. So you have to make sure that your dude's going to be able to keep up with him. So I, I think I'm going to go uh, Trey Young with my next pick, which means Mr. Ainsworth, uh, we are now at pick six and seven. Who are you going to go with? It's interesting as I look at this because my next two picks are both going to be Boston Celtics. I'm going to go with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. I think it's interesting that Brown is listed as a backcourt player, although I think that that really speaks to more the versatility of he and Tatum because yeah, Tatum is a frontcourt player. And the truth is neither one plays a true position. They're just very good basketball players. And I, I want to talk about them both together, I guess, although I'd probably take Tatum and then Brown just one, two. The truth is they're both averaging Tatum's at 25.8 points per game. Brown is 25.6 points per game. They're <laughs> I mean, literally right next to each other in literally those scoring right standings. Next to each other <laughs> in the scoring standings. Tatum's got one more assist and one more, or almost one and a half, or I guess one and a half more rebounds per game. And so I guess Tatum gets the nod there as far as going first of the two but they're both on my all-star ballot for the reserves here because the truth is is that you cannot you just can't have this game without these two guys right they're two of the young stars in the league they are currently just 22 and 24 years old but they're the face of one of the better franchises in the association the celtics as we sit here currently are i just lost that too boston is currently fourth in the east amidst lack of sensor play which is probably why these two guys play so many different positions and i think that the big thing as you look at it here is that tatum is the type of dynamic score that can go off for 40 45 and take over a game at any given moment yeah absolutely and jalen brown is the kind of guy that he's shown this year he can hit you i think he had 37 once earlier this year he had 36 a different point in the same week he had a crazy week there in january and he can also get you the 2010-10 or that 15-12-12 type of triple-double too, right? He's a multifaceted player that does whatever they need them to do there in Boston. So I'm going with a pair of Celtics as my next two picks. There are a lot of guys left, though, I will say, and I feel like we're going to some off of our list, which is worrisome. Who you got next? <laughs> no, I, I, I am genuinely worried because here's my thing, right? I was hopeful that I had three more picks left. I do not. I have two more picks left, and I have at least three guys who I want to take. And so this idea of the most deserving reserves is tough. I went with my head with my last pick and Trey Young. I'm going to I think I'm going to go with my heart on these next two picks and I don't think that I'm going to be wrong. I think that with the 8th pick, I'm going to go Devin Booker and BBN. Phoenix is having a better year than most people anticipated, although I think that we had the conversation Chris Paul in his first year in a new place, he tends to elevate them <laughs> a oh, little bit, right? And so it's not surprising to me that Devin Booker's putting up 24 points per game. It's not surprising to me that Phoenix is better than maybe some people anticipated. What I will say as well is that Devin Booker got kind of snubbed last year. Devin Booker should have just been a part of the All-Star cast last year. And it took some injuries and stuff before he got his consideration, which to me is crazy. Like, Booker is an All-Star. He deserves this. His team is awesome. I'm going Devin Booker at eight, which then leaves me at nine. And listen, I'm in the Eastern Conference now. I'm looking at bigs now. And if you follow me on Twitter, 
you know <laughs> that, listen, Nikola Vucevic is maybe the most underrated player in the NBA. And I cannot go home to my family in New York City without putting Julius Randle on this all-star team. So I'm going with Julius Randle with my final pick. Julius Randle, 23.2 points per game, 10.9 boards per game. He's also giving you five assists per game. He's also giving you every single piece of himself He because he's playing more minutes than anyone else. And we know this is what Tibbs does, right? Tibbs cares about the regular season. He's going to put his guys out there. They're going to play. They're going to run around and... The Knicks look significantly better and more competitive than they have in years. Right now, the Knicks are the eighth seed. And don't get me wrong. It's not like I'm saying, oh, let's go play Philly in the first round. But I'm not scared of Philly. So who knows what happens in that series? Actually, I think most people probably know what's going to happen in that series. That being said, at least the Knicks are in the playoffs. <laughs> because they, we haven't been sniffing that pre-Tibbs. And I don't think that Julius Randle has looked the way that he has looked with before Tibbs gets here. And now he looks arguably... One of the best players in the league. And so there's other guys too, because there's, there's a lot of guys who I've talked about who I thought would have good seasons. They're having good seasons and maybe deserve it. I'm going with Julius Randle. My last two picks, Mr. Ainsworth, are BBN all the way. I know you're not going to argue with Julius Randle because he's a DFW kid as well. I'm curious as to who you're going to go with with your final pick. So I'm really high on Randle too. And so the funny thing is, is I assumed you were going to take him as a Nick. I had Booker in my back pocket if you didn't pick him. <laughs> um, and so the next one, I also, and I don't mean to, you know, be, if you haven't been following us on Twitter, I've recently become hashtag BBN, but just for the guys in the NBA. And I, <laughs> I'm also going to end up going bam on a bio here. Um, <laughs> you know, call that what you want. We'll get into guys we may have left off in a second. Bam is currently getting 19 uh, points per game and nine and a half rebounds per game. I know the Heat are not where their expectations may have been. And so that may hurt a guy like a Jimmy Butler as we get down to who ends up making and not making the game. But as I look at Bam out of bio, and like I just, this is, we're recording on a Sunday, and so I just saw them play the Lakers last night. It's certainly not because of things that Bam is doing, or at least not because of things Bam has done in a couple times I've gotten to watch them this year. So then play Philly, uh, was that 10 days ago, right? And so I, I think that the interesting to me about Bam is that he's at this awkward point forward spot where he can do the deal similar to like a Giannis where he is getting the ball at about half court and he's going to take five dribbles and go to the basket and you got to get in his way and hope they call a charge. Like that's really like all you can do. Right? And <laughs> he can still do that. And for whatever reason, their rotations and their sets they're running are not organized around that. And I don't know if that's a next level meta thing at a Spo to figure out what else they can do because they saw when they got to the finals and he wasn't hundred percent. They had to have some other, you know, sort of a card. And the only thing they could play was having Jimmy Butler get 40. Right. And so like they need something else to go to. And maybe there's something smarter happening with Spo there that I don't realize, but Bam is still Bam and Bam is still an all-star. And so Bam is my pick here. I wanted to dive into after that though, because we just picked 10 there will be a total of 14, and I don't need to get into <laughs> rankings here. Who do you feel like we're missing? I mean, we're missing at least three Kentucky guys, right? Like, if you think about Shea Gilgis <laughs> Alexander, if you think about De'Aaron Fox, you think about Jamal Murray, if any of those guys are also, I don't think anyone would argue. I know that this is a pro-BBM podcast, but it, it's not really intentionally an anti-Duke podcast. <laughs> like, Zion Williams <laughs> is getting 25 points per game. I mean, he's right. there's no way... 
This is going to be, oh, they will change the voting rules again <laughs> before they resign <laughs> out of this thing. But Brandon Ingram's also killing people in New Orleans, right? Like, I know that New Orleans isn't having as good a season. My guy is Colin Sexton. How many times did I tell people he's going to have a great year? He's putting up nearly 23 points per game. Um, and I said Nikola Vucevic is the most underrated player in the league. We haven't even talked about the Indiana guys. Oh, my God, Demata Sabonis, Malcolm Brogdon. Like, there's a lot of we guys, obviously, man. None of us picked Paul George. None of us picked Rudy Gobert, who is the starting center and focal point of the defense for that number one Utah Jazz team we talked about with Donovan As if Mitchell. it's an upset that you didn't pick Rudy Gobert. <laughs> I was really that you didn't pick Rudy Gobert. <laughs> Friends, that is another edition of FN Sports. If you don't get enough of us every Sunday, like this was a great week for you because we were all over the place. I did a spot on the Vegas bench warmers. They did live stream and then their podcast. Mr. Ainsworth and I were both on the Sports Stove, uh, a belly up podcast. And then Mr. Ainsworth, of course, is doing midweek mid-range. Now, Mr. Ainsworth, are you going to be hosting midweek mid-range this week? Do we have a new host coming in? This week, I believe we have Shannon hosting uh, Kyle and Jade, Kyle Edwards and Jade johnson who both write for belly up and i think shannon's hosting them this week and then we got graham uh luke graham and i are on the next week we're alternating and rotating through hosts from the belly up sports basketball writers i will say though go give those people a shout out because there's always interesting perspective with jade and kyle and i think shannon's about to have a good show no absolutely um be ready for your raptors takes for jay johnson that being said <laughs> um check out the sports stove podcast as well shout out to vince for having us on um we talked so much that he gave us two episodes. So <laughs> this is what happens when you give teachers an open mic. So shout out to Vince for giving us two episodes, uh, an NBA episode and an M- NFL episode. And Tom Allen, the head coach at Indiana, who we talked about a ton on this podcast, how great Indiana was this year in football. So uh, shout out to him. Go give that podcast a listen. And Vegas Benchwarmers, give those guys a listen as well. Definitely hot take. Just know that our podcast is uh, G-rated, maybe PG-13. That one's a little more uh, R-rated, maybe TVMA. So just know that. <laughs> So, Ace North, you want to go ahead and hit folks with our socials? Yeah. So, first, if you want to check out the Midweek Midrange, you make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Midweek Midrange. But you can find me individually on Twitter and Instagram at Painsworth512. That's at P A I N S W O R T H 512, all one word. We also have a show Twitter that we've been relatively active on lately, actually. So, you can find us on. Twitter, that's at FN Sports 2. That's F I N S P R T S, the number two. All one word. I'll use Dash PA. Shaka is Dash CC. Be careful, you may get a detention out of the whole deal. But Shaka, we got Instagram too. <laughs> no, absolutely. You can find us on Instagram at F underscore N underscore Sports. You can find me on Instagram and on Twitter at Shaka Cummings at C H A K A C U M M I N G S. I'm trying to do quick math in my head to figure out how many Twitter followers we gained by percentage this week. We are shot up. That's all that you need to know. <laughs> So, uh, hey, join the movement. We're hot right now. We're trending. We're, like, going viral. Come on. Go viral with us. Not coronavirus. Like, just, you know, normal internet viral. Uh, Friends, thank you guys for listening. Please go out, like, subscribe, share. Do all the wonderful things to help out the podcast. And please remember, when it comes to sports, don't flunk with us. Later, guys.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Shopify presents Cool Sheets from AHA to Lying awake while you bake isn't cool. I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed. Heat-induced insomnia. That was my AHA moment. Bed sheets that keep you cool. Then I thought, how do I even sell bed sheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible. Signing up on Shopify. With the help of Shopify's intuitive online store creator, I started selling sustainable bamboo sheets that keep cool year-round. And my cool idea became a reality. Hot sleepers around the world rejoice. Shopify makes it simple to keep your cool while starting and growing your business. Start selling with Shopify today and join the commerce platform powering millions of businesses worldwide. From aha to anything is possible. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22.